0: What's up, Dirtbags? Welcome to episode 224 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturm and Matt Deitch, what's up, dude? Oh, you know, I'm just living the life. Living you know, the life. One year a, older yeah, today.
1: Got a belly full of steak, so I'm going to go. Uh,
0: did you hit 50 this year or is that next year?
1: <laughs> it's getting closer. It's
0: getting closer. How it's old are you? closer than 50 How old are you? 42. 42. Uh, today is 42. officially Matt's 42nd birthday. And uh, I know what you guys are thinking. What does
1: Matt do on his birthday? Normally he goes fishing. Normally I do, but it was a little windy today. Yep, I didn't really so want to have to buck the wind. And only, rain check till tomorrow? Yeah, going to go tomorrow. So I haven't decided yet if I'm heading out to South Dakota or if I'm heading over to the lakes. Okay. Might go with my buddy Shannon over to South Dakota, but waiting on seeing on all that stuff yet so yep so i uh, got a belly full of steak where'd you go and we went to Texas roadhouse That's you know what, what you're gonna get there yeah. ain't nothing wrong with that nope nope so ribeye sirloin i went with the sirloin i, went the I big, love a good sirloin I, yep, I went with the big sirloin absolutely so absolutely with a little baked potato action and some nice. corn so nice just can't go wrong with it no no you cannot um
0: Nope. Uh, so happy birthday to you! Well, and, I appreciate uh, it. Um, as as much as Biggie was trying to, to get me to spank you on air, <laughs> there ain't an ice cold <laughs> chance in hell that's gonna yeah, happen. No, so. that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <Nope>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: I, I, I like you, but I don't like you like that. <laughs> that's so. not this kind. That's not this kind of podcast. Nope. Right
0: there. Uh, so uh, back from a week off. Uh, obviously, uh, you guys who listen every single week uh, realize. Uh, last week should have been episode 224 and now this week's episode 224 um kind of kind of had a, a wild week uh we thought we were going to record on monday night then we didn't record on monday night we rain checked it for wednesday night right and uh that was going to be our plan and uh, uh volunteer firefighter uh, got called out to a hay bale fire and uh uh got got late uh i was exhausted it was like 98 degrees that day and it was and, a hot uh, one uh, uh, out there f- doing firefighter stuff uh uh by the time i got done it was uh um i, I, I was pretty well pretty well shot and i think i went to bed at about 8:40 that night and uh <laughs> you and um, Slade went to bed at the same yeah, time That was <laughs> for real to bed for real but uh <laughs> um so yeah we apologize to our buddy andrew uh uh, we do plan on circling around and getting Andrew on the show uh, again here in the future. In the future, but uh, um, yeah, it, uh, last week just kind of just kind of went to hell. But uh, um, we're back now, and uh, um, we've got a really awesome guest uh, later on in the show. But uh, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get to him later. Uh, this week's episode brought to you by our friends over at Dakota Angler. Dakota Angler. Sioux Falls out to go to the best bait shop that there absolutely is. It really is. A um, couple of deals going down this week is. Come on, Scott. Got, uh, Everyone's waiting on you, Scott. Uh, Corrado <laughs> Baitcasters, $75 off. You heard that right. $75 off. Uh, pair that with a dirtbag uh, promo code, and yeah. you get yourself some real savings. A uh, buy a Fenwick rod, get a free Fluger reel. Uh, Shimano Stratix, uh fifty five dollars off. Matt, you were up there today. I was up there today. I stopped in. What do you do when it's your birthday?
1: I go to Dakota. You, you bet your ass you do. And, and Freedom Brew. And Freedom Brew. Son I hit them both. Up. I hit them both up today. You know, you got to kind of celebrate. tour. Day. That's right. I was mega moting on my birthday. <laughs> so no, I swung in there, and um, you know, we talk about like some highlighted deals that they have, guys. But swing in there because they have all kinds of different things yep. on sale too. They got marked down. I mean. There's all kinds of soft plastics that are, that are you know, marked down for you. There's all kinds of different reels that are as well. A lot of good deals, a lot of good savings in there right now. And uh, it's always fun just to talk, swing in there and talk fishing with them. So, yep,
0: yep. You know, obviously you can't use the dirt bag code in store. You can only do that online. But uh, one thing that you can get in store that you can't get online, uh, and that's the, uh, uh, that's the up-to-date fishing reports i mean these guys are talking to fishermen every single day they you know i'm not telling you that they're going to tell you exactly where to go out and and catch them but but they know what's selling they you know they're they're no they know what guys are having success on they they probably you know tell you uh the region you know to to go out and try um
1: definitely stop in there uh, it, it, it'd be worth your time. Did you, did you happen to catch their video that Todd posted of their up in Canada, their fishing trip when he was said how fun it was to catch, they would did a little fly in Nick surprised yep, them with a little yep. fly trip. And, uh, Todd posted a video and said, you know, there's nothing better than being out here catching fish with my sons. I told Josh today, you know, I watched that video a few times and, uh, he had his fingers crossed. Uh, no, <laughs> no. He said he was catching fish with his sons from what i saw todd and josh were the only ones catching fish nick was just kind of sitting there
0: yeah somebody's got to so, be along
1: to take pictures and and run the net you yeah know, and stuff. Right. even though they're just flipping them into the boat i don't nick, know if they the trust net man <laughs> nick, but anyways the net yeah man. no uh definitely stop and they're, like scott said they can kind of get you on the hot baits and everything like that uh one interesting thing scott that i was talking with josh about today at the store was uh you know just like some products that you know have been selling a lot lately or not and he kind of mentioned something about how crazy like when a social media person like you know will promote a product how fast it can sell oh yeah he was talking about uh, like this acme i can't remember what it was jig that was in there Hyperglide. glide hyper glide or no it wasn't the Hyperglide. No. it was okay. it's, That's kind, the of a, only acme it's kind of I a know. walleye uh, rig it's kind of like a rig that you pull kind of like a spinner deal okay and uh he said like he's had them in there for a couple months and you know, they haven't been, he's been selling them here and there and stuff like that. But the other day, Tom Boley did a <laughs> video on it and he was just, you know how it goes. He's just pulling in eye after eye. And he said, they flew off the shelf instantly, instantly that like when somebody has that much success on a product, like on social media, you, you know, he's a YouTube guy that all of a sudden people see that. And it's like, I got to have that.
0: Oh Yeah. I, mean, I, I I 100% believe that in the world of walleye fishing, uh, when it comes to uh, to a YouTube personality,
1: Tom Bolle is definitely uh, right. You know the the top. I mean, we saw it a few years ago with the Berkeley flatworm. Oh yeah, you know yep. those guys were winning. Jason
0: Christie wins a tournament oh, yeah. on it. and, guys and a couple
1: were, other guys. Yeah, you couldn't yep. find them anywhere. You yep. know, people were paying twenty bucks for a package of them yep. on eBay and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's just crazy how much somebody you can have that much success with something and people just go out there and just buy it up. I got a feeling if we'd get down, you know, into the Southern
0: States, um, you know, after a Bassmaster Classic or after a big, uh, elite series or, or, major league fishing tournament, um, you know, when, when these guys come back, uh, you know, Hank Cherry wins two back-to-back Bassmaster yep. Classics. And I'll guarantee you when he said, you know, yeah, caught it on this jerkbait, I, I guarantee well, yeah. you that, that the
1: Bass Pro Shop sold out in a hurry. Oh, they did that with the Chatterbait that one time, the Jag camera, that, yeah. that fire crawl one. Oh, yeah. You couldn't find it anywhere. Everybody everybody wanted the fire crawl. And it's just like, we don't have anything up here that looks like a fire crawl. Yeah. Like, but I'm buying them. I, I, I so. made the Midwest one time, uh, go, go completely out of nightcrawlers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you did. Posted a couple carp on my Facebook page and <laughs> boom, nightcrawlers night gone, nightcrawlers <laughs> night gone. But, uh, uh, speaking of Tom Bowley having a lot of success, you know, selling product and whatnot, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about a guy who's having an incredible amount of success, uh, on the national walleye tour. We're talking about, uh, Dewey Jelm, uh, Dewey Jelm is on an absolute tear. He really is. He's, We're not talking a little tear. No, it's like, like
1: ripping he, it wide open. Like, like you know, people want to talk, throw about like the word like dominating and stuff like that a lot. He literally is dominating walleye fishing he, right now. He
0: is. He's on another level. Um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, all all the guys on the NWT are are, are great. You know, there there's a couple on there that are. You know better than others but the way he's separating himself even from that is, is yeah. just like holy moly like we've ever seen it before we haven't i At mean level, we, we haven't sure. i mean you know hoyer hoyer go has gone through some spurts you know sprangle you know there, there's guys that definitely go on runs but this may be the most incredible run that that we've ever seen and uh pretty pretty cool uh we've we've actually got him on the show this week um uh he's gonna dive into it um yes without uh without beating around the bush i guess yeah. we'll just uh, get get over to him and dewey Gelm is our guest today dewey how are you
2: good how are you guys
0: doing wonderful we are doing wonderful uh dewey we always like to get our show uh, started off with a couple of random questions so uh uh non-fishing related i want to know um number one, uh, vacation bucket list destination?
2: Um, that's a pretty good question, actually. And, uh, luckily I get to fulfill that here coming up pretty soon. Um, last Christmas, I actually, uh, me and my wife bought my mom and dad, um, a trip to go to Alaska. Nice. So here, so here coming up, um, in August, we're going to all be going to Alaska for about 10 days. Um, we're going to be doing some halibut fishing and then just uh, doing some sightseeing and, um, yeah, just really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. You yeah. doing,
0: you doing a cruise or are you just going up there and, uh, uh, uh driving?
2: Uh, so we're going to fly up there and then we're, we rented a vehicle and we're just going to basically just, um, I think we're staying in Homer a couple of nights and then, um, just driving driving around from there.
0: That'll be awesome. Way awesome. I've actually, I've been to Alaska before and and uh, kind of hard to, to wrap your brain around uh, really what you're looking at. I mean, everything is just so big and wide open and, and uh, it's, it's neat. You're going to have a good time.
2: Yeah, I, I can't wait.
1: All right, I guess um, mine would be, uh, let's see here, Are you a cake or a pie guy?
2: Um, Probably both. If it's All sweet, right. I like it i have a little bit of a sugar tooth
0: ain't nothing wrong no, with that <laughs> you 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 doing uh you doing ice cream with your cake and pie
2: um yeah for sure if we're doing like apple pie i used to apple pie we're doing we're doing vanilla ice cream too
0: nice yep. you got to you yep. have to <laughs> all right uh, let, let's get over to the fishing uh dewey let's start off kind of talking a little bit about you uh pure south dakota is that where you were born and raised Uh,
2: No, actually, I was born in Woonsocket, which is um, right between Mitchell and um, Huron, South Dakota. Okay,
0: okay. And then uh, moved over to Pierre later in life after you got out of school and whatnot?
2: Yeah, so then, so I graduated from Woonsocket High School and then went to Powerline School at Mitchell Tech for, um, it was a nine-month program. And then I got a job down in O'Neill, Nebraska, and I worked down there for an REA for about one year. And then, um, honestly, one of the, it's kind of funny, but the one major driver that got me back, it was only like two hours from my house, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But the one major driver was um, that I had to apply for an out-of-state um, gear tag, ah. for a non-resident gear tag. And obviously, in East River, South Dakota, you can't, you can't get one. Right. I'm just like, I got to get back to South Dakota. Yep. Um, so I ended up getting a job up in uh, Pierre and... Honestly, when I first moved here, I, I didn't plan on this being my forever home. I, I wanted to get back um, to home and closer to my mom and dad. And um, I met my girlfriend out here and then started fishing. And um, I would just, now looking back, I would never move. Like, this is paradise to me. This is home to me now. Um, so I've been here since 2008. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a great place to live, especially if you like to fish and hunt. Yeah, I had
1: had a buddy that he taught out there for a while, him and his brother did, and coached football and everything like that, and that's what he always said. He's like, I got the best of everything out here, but I mean, he's back in Sioux Falls now, but uh, he he absolutely loved it. I mean, he still goes back there all the time.
0: Either way, South Dakota, I mean, you you can hunt elk, you can hunt mule deer, white-tailed deer, pronghorn, uh, the best waterfowl hunt. some of the best waterfowl hunting in in the country, and and world-class fisheries everywhere like yeah. ooh, you know trout out west and man you uh you, you, you're living in the right spot and, and there in Pierre, you're kind of right in the middle of all of it
2: yeah for sure and like i said south dakota is my state i'm I, i'm never moving like this is this is home to me and i i love it here
0: yep now uh growing up there in Woonsocket, uh did you do much fishing or was it mainly hunting or
2: um a, a lot of both but when i was young when i was super young um you know, basically when I could stay home from daycare by myself, we had a lake in Woonsocket called Lake Pryor. And they would always, the game fishing parks would always um, stock that lake with bullheads, catfish, bass, whatever, just all kinds of different fish. Um, And the fish never really, you know, lived in there for very long, but they would always stock it just for basically kids to go fishing. And um, so that's where I... Learned to fish a lot, um, fishing for little bluegills with hot dogs and you name it. Um, yep. But I would ride my bike back and forth to that lake you know, every day, sometimes two or three days, or th- two or three times in one day, or some days I would stay there the whole day. Um, but then as I grew up, I you know, started fishing a lot more like over at the Jim River and the Missouri River and going on camping trips with my family and kind of fishing more um, all over the state. Um, and then, you know, once I got to the age where I could start to hunt, I did a lot of that. Um, that was, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a big partier, honestly, in high school. I, um, what my passion was, was hunting and fishing. That's all I wanted to do. If I was ever late to school, um, and the teachers called my parents and asked where I was, it was like, my parents knew I was out hunting snow geese or whatever. (laughs) that's, That's what I was doing. So um, yeah, just super cool, um, super fun small community.
0: Nice, yeah, that's great. So so when did you start diving into tournament fishing?
2: Um, so when I started diving into tournament fishing it was probably I'd have to look back at the calendar for sure. But even when I moved the pier um, in two thousand eight, I I didn't do a ton of fishing, which it sounds crazy now. Um, but I just didn't do a lot of fishing. It probably wasn't until like two thousand ten or eleven. Uh, when my buddy, um, that I met at the gym actually had a boat and we started going out and doing a lot of fun fishing and just in town, really, um, here in pier. Um, and then I just like, honestly, it was so easy back then. Like the, the, the bite was this crazy and I don't know if that's what got me hooked or what it was, but it was just that drive to maybe try to catch more, try try to catch bigger fish. And uh, so then I actually bought my first boat, I believe in like 2012. And that's probably when I started doing a few, um, firemen's tournaments, um, some, uh, some tournaments around here. Um, and then after having um, a little bit of success um, with them tournaments, I think the first one that I actually ever entered was with my dad, and we won that one. That was a firemen's tournament here in Pier. And then uh, I started traveling just, you know, locally around the state. I would go up to Bitter Lake and do a tournament and um, some of them other little ones. And just had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, then I started, you know, growing and reaching out, meeting mean, some other new people. Started fishing the South Dakota Governor's Cup um, and just had a lot of success um, doing that. And, and then, yeah, I guess I've never looked back and... Um, 2016 when I, um, when I did my first national walleye tour, uh, tournament and that was over in Leech Lake, uh, Minnesota and just got my butt kicked. I think I got like 76 or 80th, 100th, I don't know, but it was, it was not good, but it was a super great learning experience. Um, and that I think even fueled the fire even more to like, that's not the position I want to be in again. Yeah. Um. I I want to win and you just need to put put the time in and um and get better and that's that's kind of what I've tried to do ever since then.
1: Was that was that the biggest takeaway from that tournament of yours was like like you realize like it takes a lot of time like a lot of pre-fishing and stuff like that to really yeah, figure it out?
2: Yeah, and it wasn't like so I pre fished for like I think like 5 or 6 days probably like most most of the guys in that tournament um and when it, it's kind of funny, like, I didn't know how all that stuff worked. I didn't know, you know, the different camera boats. I didn't know, I just didn't know really anything about it. And uh just kind of jumped right into it. Whereas I think if I would have did, like, a coin lift for a year or two, you might have learned a lot more. Um, so I think that would have been a, a great thing to do. But looking back, like, it was kind of funny at that tournament. I was actually fishing right beside the guy that won the tournament. I had no no idea that i was but after all said and done the guy that like totally whooped my butt was literally fishing on the same little island that i was he was on one side of it and i was on the other side of it and we were just pulling bouncers he was pulling bouncers we were you know doing the same thing but obviously he was doing something way different than me (laughs) and uh (laughs) and and he caught him but so that was kind of like the thing like well, I found the spot like yeah, you were on the close spot. Yep. I was on the winning spot, but I didn't close like it just didn't happen, so um yeah that's that was a that was a great eye opening experience for me for sure even even though it was kind of costly, it was uh still a great great tournament honestly
0: now you know i, I you you mentioned that you started in uh, twenty sixteen. And uh, I, I'd say, you know, really for the last two, three years, you, you've been making some serious, serious noise uh, on the NWT. Uh, th- those first, you know, four four or five years, was that really just kind of, you know, getting used to what you were doing, you know, kind of wrapping your brain around uh, what, what's really going on and getting up to speed?
2: Um, well, a little bit. So like in 2017, so at this point, I still had uh, my full-time job or my full-time career was a power lineman. Yep. Um, he, here in pier so i basically didn't have enough occasion to fish full-time um, on the national wildlife tour i basically had to cherry pick if you will you know one or two tournaments a year so in 2017 um you know i met uh, dusty minky uh, john hoyer and bill shimoda and I actually was lucky enough to to team up or to travel with them guys um, when we went to Sakakawea and Somehow I won that one. That was my, you know, second national Wally tour tournament I ever fished, and I won that one. That was the one that we did, you know, 110, 120-mile runs, just crazy. Don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> and that was um,
0: that was 2017?
2: Yep, that was okay. 2017. Um, so that was my first win. And then 2018, um, you know, I don't even remember what the exact tournaments that we fished were then, um, but did you know, did well. I think I, I did a like a seventh place finish at Winnebago maybe. Um, and then maybe a, uh, like a 20th or something in Devil's Lake, something like that. Um, but, yeah, like the last two years basically is when I – last year, June, um, I quit – officially quit my job full-time and then started fishing full-time on the National Walleye Tour. So this is my – this would be my second year fishing uh, full-time on the national walleye
0: tour R- run me through that conversation where you finally go into your boss and you say hey like i don't know if you've heard or not but i'm kind of a big deal in this walleye fishing world <laughs> it's kind of it seems to be going all right
2: yeah, so. yeah um that was a really really hard conversation for me for the for the fact of um you know basically for me to be able to do that i need to have a steady income because I still have bills to pay, I still have a house I, or a mortgage. Um, I like, I, I still have all that. So you give up a full-time job, like you have to have other backup plans. Yep. So you know, the thought was in my mind for you know, like ultimately, that's what I've always wanted to do. I, I want to fish professionally. I want to like fishing's what I want to do for my career. But it just everything did not line up. Um, you know, right away it just but over the last couple of years, I've had um, some really, really great mentors. Um, and I've had some people that have um, really pushed me and um, helped motivate me to kind of make them decisions. Um, and John with John Hoyer is actually the one that probably pushed me over the edge um, to basically, you know, like, Dewey, you can do this. Like, you can't quit your full-time job and you can make a living in a career fishing full time. And so after I had a little bit of a backup plan and I talked with the wife, um, yeah, I, I was super nervous when I walked into my boss. Um, I think he honestly probably knew it was coming just like, I mean, they could all see the passion, um, that yeah. I love, you know, how much I love doing this. I would save all my vacation up for the entire year to go fishing. Um, so I mean, they they knew what it was all about, but obviously, I wasn't going to quit my job without having a backup plan or you know financial responsibility. So, last year was when it all made sense, and um, yeah, it's been insanely crazy ever since
0: yeah well in the last six events you've uh made just short of 367 thousand dollars so i would say <laughs> yeah. uh, you know not very often can a guy say uh, yeah that was a good investment quitting your job <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it, it's working it's, for it's, you man
2: it's, yeah it's seriously mind-blowing to still to even think about them types of numbers um yeah i don't i don't even know how they explain it
0: oh yeah i well, really don't when Matt pulled into the driveway uh, before uh, before we called you, uh, as as we were walking up my driveway into my house to to come down and record, I said to Matt, "I said, uh, how much how much money you think uh, uh, Dewey's made in the in the last like year and a half?" And uh, Matt Matt threw out a number that was actually pretty close, but uh, I said, you know, what what do you think his uh, worst finish in the last six events is? And uh, he he didn't know that one, but it's it's twenty second that John Bala I don't know for sure how you pronounce that last name, but yep. he comes with all those statistics and, and uh good God I just love reading through those. But in the last six events, you've got a second, a first, a second, a second, a twenty second, and a first. Like that is that that's unbelievable. Like, yeah, the, like there is like, no one there is no one freshwater fishing, whether it be walleye or bass. That's having more success than you are.
2: Yeah. It's like I said, I, I seriously don't know what to say. I, I mean I know I work hard, I put in the time, but so do all these other guys. Yep. Yep. So right. like I I don't I don't know how to explain it. Now, I really don't.
1: Now are you still? do you still travel with Dusty and John and Bill?
2: Um, so Dusty, John and I, um are that's that's kind of our team. Okay. Um and Bill has a Bill has a different team now, um, okay. but Bill still I I talk to him all the time. Bill is an awesome dude. He's one of my best friends, um, and like his dad, like it's it's so awesome. His dad every morning before each one of these tournaments, or actually not even before a national wide tour, it literally doesn't matter if it's a golf cup or whatever. Like he just keeps tabs on me, and he he literally like at five, before my alarm clock even goes off in the morning. Good luck today.
1: That's awesome also, cool.
2: Yeah, it's it's really neat.
1: All right, now between Dusty and John having to travel with those guys, who's who's the messiest out of those two? Or out of you three maybe?
2: Um, I'm probably <laughs> honestly the, probably the messiest, but that's still
0: leaves I, I mean, we're, leaves, we're, $1, we're leaves $1 leaves $1 bills everywhere he goes <laughs> just, just Oh yeah. No, I'm just would, kidding.
2: If if you, if you talked about the messiest boat, I would say Uh, pre-fishing wise probably dusty because he has about 40 rods and 30 different techniques that he's going to try which is (laughs) awesome like that's what you need to do right um but then at the end of the day when he comes in then it's you know an hour or two hours in the boat um cleaning everything up putting everything away uh reorganizing um but yeah no all of us are um, i think that just it's kind of one of them things that makes us a really good team is you know we all kind of do the same types of um, routines and yeah this works out really well
1: yeah and uh it's just so important to have you know guys like that to travel around with to bounce things off of whether it's fishing related or non-fishing related
2: oh yeah yeah them guys are like honestly like family to me um yeah the amount of days i've spent with them guys and conversations i've had with them guys um it's it's so much more than fishing
1: yeah and you i mean you win that nwt tournament and then john turns around the next day and wins that the big tournament up there was that on grand rapids on pikegama or something yeah Yeah.
2: yep yep exactly yep
1: that's pretty awesome (laughs) winners win i think he
2: got like three hours of sleep that night or something (laughs) he got there like like two in the morning or something he said his batteries weren't even fully charged from you know the day before fishing so he was he had some, uh, he had some graphs that he just kind of shut off, so he didn't, because obviously he wanted to use his uh, forward-facing sonar, and um, so he just kind of had some of them graphs shut off on standby, just uh, to make sure that he, he could fish all day.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's something that I don't know if I could do. Like at some point, that's got to wear on you fishing that hard. Oh, right. Yeah, right. But, but I mean, awesome for him. He's, uh, he's a great angler for sure
0: we we've had him on this show before and uh absolutely spectacular
2: dude yeah he is he's one of the kind
0: now uh when, when they came out for the 2023 schedule and you saw pickstown south dakota missouri river lake francis case on there uh you know that obviously had to be you know circled and you were like oh hell yeah you know close to home you know probably got a lot of family coming down and whatever uh i mean go, going into that did you feel pretty good
2: um, yeah, that tournament, when it came out, it definitely caught my eye. Um, you know, just for the, like, we've been the Francis case before.
0: Right, um, Chamberlain um, last year.
2: Right, but it's it's just something totally different because it's at a different area of the river in a completely different time, so it's not going to fish anything like what it does when we were there uh, the previous two times. Yep. And I, I mean, I think everybody knew that, but um, I especially was super excited for that just because I knew that um, it's going to fish more like a summer pattern. Um, even, even before I knew it was going to be 108 degrees out there, um, for a couple days of the tournament, I knew that it was going to fish more like a summer pattern. And, uh, it just, yeah, like you said, close to home, um, lots of family, friends. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, definitely one that I was keeping my eye on for sure.
0: Now, now going out uh, day one, uh, you came back. Uh, we're sitting in first place after day one. Um, did you exceed expectations day one? Uh, did you, did you land about where you thought you were going to be as far as weight wise, um, um, or,
2: or honestly, probably a little bit better than what I thought. Um, going in, I, I still like I was telling everybody like I still think like thirty pounds was that's what I thought was going to take to win the tournament. Just because like you. If you get a couple of the right bites, it doesn't take long to get to thirty pounds. Right. And they're they're definitely there. And when you have a hundred and thirty boats out there, somebody's gonna catch one or two of them fish. That's just how it always goes. Um so like my goal, what I was catching, I would say for the most part on average was like twelve to uh, twelve to like thirteen and a half pounds a day. Um and like I don't know really how they say this, but like I wasn't setting there beating all them spots. Um, you know you basically go in and sample and you catch a two-pounder and you leave you go to another spot You catch a two and a half pounder and you leave so it's not exactly how you would like fish today And then it's easy at the end of the day where you go Well, these are my five biggest fish, but I didn't have any decisions to make I didn't throw a I didn't throw a 21-inch back to hopefully get a 23-inch or like These are my literally my five biggest fish a day. So, you know when you add that slot limit um factor in there um definitely changes some things and can mix up the weights a little bit um but yeah i would say the first day um exceeded my expectations like the fish that we were catching were like the average size of an over fish over 20 inch was like 21 to 23 them were the what i would say like an average fish and the the average or the like higher end weight wise of them fish was like three to three and a quarter pounds. So like, that's just, that's just what they weighed. Yep. Um, so we just, we knew that going into the tournament and then, you know, we did catch a handful of 24s, a couple of 25s. I think John had one that was like a 27 incher, um, you know, the first day that he got here. So we knew that it wasn't out of question to catch, you know, one or two of them fish. And we were hopeful that we could catch, you know, one or two, Um, of them over let's say like over 23 inches um, a day to try to get you know a few extra ounces over them 23 inches that only weighed three pounds so when I had a 24 and a 25 inch on the first day um, that's obviously what boosted my weight um, to to where it was I had basically on the second day I had the exact same slot fish as I did the first day it's just um, well, and I was an over short on, on the second day as well.
0: Now, you know, you, you, you come back in, you weigh in you're you know, that you're sitting in first, uh, you know, that night you, you, you look at some of the other guys that are up there, Dylan and, and, you know, John and, and, uh, you gotta think like, man, these guys are right on my heels. Did you sleep good that night?
2: Um, yeah, I honestly did. I was just like, you get so tired and worn out from these tournaments and, um, I, I just really try not to put a lot of pressure on myself because at the end of the day, um, like it is just fishing, but obviously you want to win. Um, but I just try not to put myself in that position where like I have to win this tournament or else.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, so I just try not to think about it. Um, I just try to go out and, you know, I just want to get up in the morning. I want to feel good. I want to feel refreshed. I want to think smart. I want to be able to make the right decisions, or hopefully make the right decisions and um, and and live with that.
1: Now, do you have to do a lot of tackle prep, like after the um, day, or is it kind of like you know the pattern that you're using, just kind of retie, like change line yeah, if you have to? So
2: so this tournament was pretty easy just because of the techniques that we were doing, but you know there's many other tournaments where you might be doing three or four different techniques in one day. Right. So that that's when it gets to be super long hours after the tournament's like then it can be that two hours of dreaded retie, um, reprep everything type of type of thing. Um, but as like this tournament was honestly pretty easy. I had I probably seven or eight rods rigged up, um for jig wraps and I had four rods rigged up with bottom bouncers and like took all my trolling stuff out i didn't. i didn't care if somebody came by me and was catching all 10 pounders like <laughs> right. I, I wasn't all i wasn't in. gonna change i wasn't gonna change what i was doing um nope. so that's that's just what it was gonna be so i literally took out all my crankbaits all my all my trolling rods all the lead core like i even told john i made you kind know, of a little joke that night he's like you're taking out your lead core, right? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's kind of a comfort thing for me. Like I just <laughs> like knowing that I have it in there and then I end up ultimately taking it out of there and, um, yeah, never, I wasn't going to troll anyways. So there was no point in having it in there. Right. And that's awesome.
0: Now, b- before we get into, uh, you know, the winning moments and, and whatever, uh, let, let's dive into some of those techniques. Uh, uh, you mentioned jigging wraps and, and, uh, uh, from what I've read, a lot of forward-facing sonar and, and kind of casting at them, correct?
2: Yeah, that's 100% correct. So so my, um, you know, what I really like to use or what I like to do, my favorite way to fish is using my forward-facing sonar. And I use Lowrance. It doesn't matter if you like Garmin or if you like um, Hummingbird, whatever you're comfortable with. It's, it's incredibly um, amazing what you can learn. From watching that, like I've told people before, like it's the ultimate is watching the fish eat your bait. Like that's the coolest thing, right? But if like beyond that, just knowing the behavior behaviors of the fish, um, either how they move on your bait or how they move um, from one hour to the next hour, um, just what you can learn about how fish move with forward-facing sonar is so incredibly mind blowing to me. Like what I thought I knew walleye is how they're you know, they're you gotta fish on the bottom. You, you they're always on the bottom. That is not true at all. They are they are more times than not not on the bottom. Like so it or they're more times than not um on the bottom. So it's it's just a really cool tool to use and um so yeah that's what we were doing is basically driving around targeting individual fish. Uh, with their forward-facing sonar and casting jigging wraps at them
0: now now in your mind uh i shouldn't say in your mind uh, uh i 100 percent believe you if you say that you uh you can but i mean are you going by fish and it's like not small oh there's one you know i, I that that's one that i want to cast at
2: yeah a million percent really um, yeah so once i mean it's just it comes with putting hours in um and once you get so comfortable with what you're looking at like once you start like just putting that, um, like, say like I run my skit or my, uh, active target on a hundred feet out and then I try not to change the depth so much on it. Um, or as much as I can just for the fact that, so if I see a fish on that and it's at 50 feet and I catch it, okay, well I know what that mark looked like. That was an 18 incher. So now I go around and I catch yeah. another one and it's a uh, 18 to 20 inch. like, I just know that that's that size of fish wow Um, and then you know then you fast forward into like you start getting like six or seven or eight pounders they just they look totally different um than them smaller fish so yes like um on day two uh, when we were only setting on one over i was actually only trying to cast that larger fish like if there was a if there was a mark that i thought maybe possibly could be i mean so give me don't get me wrong like trying to figure out between an 18 and a 23 inch fish especially with like they weren't super thick they looked honestly fairly similar mm-hmm. um but i was just trying to figure out and only throw at the biggest marks that i could that i could find just because we already had four we had four, at that point we had four slot fish and we had one over um, in our live well so i wanted to get w- rid of one of them slot fish and obviously catch another over. So that's the reason why I was literally just hunting for big fish.
0: Gosh, that that, that to me, I mean, just think about it. You know, when you started fishing, you know, back in, in uh, uh, I don't know what you said, 2011 or, or something, I mean, could you imagine fast-forwarding 12 years and, and telling yourself, yeah, you know, we're just cruising around staring at these fish and, and I'm only casting at the <laughs> right, big ones. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, how, how incredible.
2: Oh, it's it's seriously mind-blowing. Like, I mean, it wasn't even two or three years ago that I never thought that, that right. would be possible, yeah. you know what right. I mean? Oh, like,
1: yeah.
2: I just, it's it's absolutely crazy. I can't imagine what the technology is going to be in another five years. Um, but it's it's just like everything. I know that there's, you know, there's some people that don't like it, but it's, it's no different than side scan or 2d sonar or your gps like without any of that stuff i would be worthless like yep, yeah I, I i can't figure out how they go find a spot out in the middle of the lake without gps and um yeah it's just it's another tool that definitely allows you um to break down water faster and it definitely does help catch more fish i definitely not gonna deny that
0: no but you know with with a lot of power comes a lot of responsibility and and uh you know we as anglers just have to be responsible and manage the resource and and uh you know do do the right thing
2: yeah it's i mean once you ever use forward-facing sonar it's it's so it's so fun it's so addicting um my mom and like in the wintertime her favorite thing is to use um, my active target ice fishing like she just she doesn't like the 2D part of it doesn't make sense to her um when she sees a fish coming up and looking at her jigging wrap or whatever she's using but if she can see it in real time
0: yep like yep. it just oh, yeah. it just
2: makes it just makes sense to her yep and yep. Um, she she just loves it so just yep. it's another tool and um yeah i i can't imagine what the technology is going to be here in, in the next couple years
0: Yep. Now, uh, now, now let's talk about coming in uh, day two, uh, as, as you're heading back to the ramp, heading back to weigh in, uh, you feeling good. You, you kind of think you got this in the bag Are you thinking, uh, uh, you thinking a top five, where, where where's your head at?
2: Um, so yeah, like kind of how that whole day went was, um, so right away in the morning, our first fish was a 23-incher we threw it in the box. Our next fish was like a 19 and three-quarter, 2.8-pounder. That's like so. That's like a magnum slot. That's like yeah. them are the big slots. That's that slot weighed exactly what the two 22-inchers I caught on day one weighed. Um, so I threw obviously threw that in the box, and then we catch a couple more two-pound slots, and catch another like 115-pound slot. So now we have like we have a decent bag and then we come with the decision we catch a 23 incher that weighed 2 point or 2 pounds 15 ounces almost 3 pounds and I made the decision ultimately to let that fish go and that was early that's at like 9:30, 9:45 in the morning and I'm just thinking to myself like there's no way that in the next five or six hours, we don't have a chance at catching one one more 24 plus inch fish. Right. And so I let that fish go. 100 percent didn't even like never cross my mind until about two hours later. You're at you're, it's noon. The fish are kind of being a little bit weird. Um, we did catch a 21 incher that we threw back that was you know two and a half pounds as well so only an eight ounce upgrade um, from our biggest slot so if we would have kept that fish we were basically going to be handcuffed for sure at only you know the best we were going to do is 12 and 5 pounds type of thing and i just really wanted to try to get to that 13 13 and a half pounds that was really my goal going out that morning so I th- we threw that fish back and then we did end up catching one more 20 and a quarter inch fish that was Super skinny, didn't even weigh it. It was just not not the right fish. Um, so all the way up until literally my last cast, because I know it can happen that fast when we're doing what we're doing with that forward-facing sonar, literally up until my last cast, I had zero regrets. And when I put that rod away and we started driving in, yeah, the doubt definitely started to sink in a little bit. Um, I, I seriously thought I might have had a brand new ranger boat literally in my hands and let it go like that's that's what yeah, that was right. that was what was going through my head so going the way in um you know there's holy cow is there a lot of people there but i'm you know a couple hundred yards away so i can kind of hear um the announcer and um, i heard that dylan had like 26 pounds and he's leading it um, a little over 26 pounds, and he's leading it well. I knew what I had in my live well, and I knew that, like, I knew that I had more than him at that point. But there's still, you know, 20 anglers to go, second place and third place from day one are still ahead of me. Um, and obviously, all these guys know how to catch fish; they're really good at it. And so, yeah, that's when the doubt really kind of hit me, like, because one, basically, if I would have kept that that twenty three incher that I caught earlier in the day, that was a one pound up Okay so you know, that a one pound deficit basically if you wanna say um, in this tournament especially is huge.
0: That's a big deal, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, so like that's that's what was going through my mind. Like I messed up. I should have like I should have thought about that a little bit better. Um, I should have had a little bit better plan um that's the kind of stuff that was going through my head but you got to live with it like them that's part of slot fishing um there's other guys you know that maybe would have won this tournament if maybe if they would have did something different so like you can't you can't beat yourself up too bad about that it's just you gotta you gotta deal with indecisions. it's part of a slot tournament
0: yeah yeah so sure.
2: So when I walked up to the bump tanks, when they called my name and I walked up to the bump tanks, I'm sitting there in the bump tanks and all them kids are fist fist bumping and signing autographs and all that stuff. Like it kind of took my mind off things for a little bit. So I wasn't really thinking about it and I was all good. Um, Everything was just fine. And then second or third place goes up and I kind of see him walk by. And so I kind of seen him like what they had in their box. So, it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm pretty sure I have more than that. Um, so they weigh in, and it's like, well, now the worst I'm gonna get is third place. So I'm like, holy cow! And then it's like, then the doubt starts sinking in again. Like one pound, like you threw one pound away today. <laughs> right. And then and then I see second place. Um, you know, I'm talking to Eric in the bump tank, and I see him pull out his fish, and he walks up there, and I'm just like that's when it literally hit me like i don't know if you see any of the pictures but i was literally crying in the bump tank really because at that at that point i knew that unless my scale was two pounds off that i won and i i literally cannot hold the emotions back i was i was literally crying in the bump tanks That's that's awesome i
0: mean you know I mean that that's pretty awesome that uh, a guy that has already won two of them, you know. I mean, runner up, uh, runner up, uh, plenty of times, and and still get that emotional, uh, you know. It it's it's crazy, you know. I mean, it uh, we I've only fished at the club level, you know, where there's only uh, you know a hundred dollars in a pickle jar that, that you can potentially win. But holy smokes, uh, you know, I, I I can only about imagine what what was going through your head.
2: Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm sure you can relate, but when when you're when you're that invested into something like like anybody that tournament fishes, it doesn't matter at what level. When you're that invested into fishing and, and that's your passion, um, that's just how how serious you take it and and um, how much you want to succeed. And obviously, I want to win every tournament that I fish, but the reality is that is. Not gonna happen right
0: but, well you're you're oh, you're pretty close, <laughs>
1: you're uh, close. yeah I don't know point, anyone that's that, closer
2: well at some point that that's all this is all gonna end like i'm just I'm enjoying it right now, but that's just a fact of the matter um if I don't win another tournament in my life, I'm honestly completely good with it yep um it's just it's just when you're that invested in what you're doing um that's that's where i think all that emotion um came from for me
1: oh definitely i mean nobody knows the the time that goes into it more than you do so i mean that's yeah when it hits you it hits you
2: yeah uh, i don't like i i don't ever cry i mean i've i just i don't i don't cry i don't get that emotional and it was literally a feeling that i cannot explain
0: well that's that's pretty killer cool you know obviously you're on a wave right now, you know, you're riding the wave. Uh, Is it, you know, I mean, is there a little bit of good luck with it? Uh, I mean, are you just making the right decisions? I mean, I I realize that guys like Hoyer and and Sprangle and and all these guys are are spectacular, Max Wilson, but I mean, do you feel like maybe you're a little bit better at electronics than these guys, or is it just, you know, this is is just your wave right now, and, and... you just see how long it, it takes you.
2: Um. Well, i honestly I'm just honored to even be part of that conversation with all them guys being mentioned because they are like they are some of the greatest in the game of walleye fishing. Um. But no, I don't think I'm better. I don't think I'm better at fishing, honestly, than anybody. Like, um, I sometimes I might make better decisions. Um, sometimes I might get lucky. Um, but. You know, I try hard. I know that everybody else, you know, that fishes these things, they all try hard. Um, they all put in the time. They all work hard. Like I said, I, I don't know what the what the difference is. I don't know what's going on. Um, but to be mentioned in in that conversation with all them guys, it's it's pretty cool. And, you know, when you're at these events and you get guys like Gary Parsons, Keith Cabias, you know, some of these guys that come up and shake your hand, give you a hug, tell you a good job, like that's literally what I, what I, that's why I want to win. Like for those moments, the money the trophies, uh, I should say the money is going to come and go the trophies and the memories. them are the things that that honestly mean the most to me. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about tour level gold here in a second, but first off, I want to know when, when when you win a hundred thousand dollars and you kind of leave that parking lot, uh, uh, what, what what's your first thing I mean are you heading to a gas station are you are you gonna go eat big steak supper that night do you just head home and it's like holy smokes I just need to need to have a little quiet time for a little while what 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 does a guy do after winning 100,000 bucks I, I won like 120 bucks at the casino one time and just went home but I, I don't know I don't know where I'm at at 100,000
2: uh, yeah so generally what we do like kind of our tradition that you know since i've been part of the team when anybody ever wins like we have the biggest celebration dinner we possibly can um and like i said john john missed out on this one because he had to get going to that tournament so he literally he left right afterwards um but there's not a lot of options to eat, i was gonna um, say picks to, down to out, i don't know where down. you go <laughs> yeah and i mean like so going into these tournaments we never hardly ever eat out we usually you know we like the. We like to prep tackle at home. Um, usually, we have co-anglers with us that that help cook meals for us at night, clean boats, help us do all that stuff. So we generally eat um, at our house. But so this last night, obviously celebration dinner, we don't want to we don't want to deal with cooking and all that stuff. So we actually order. I think it's called Knuckleheads uh, Bar and Grill. Um, okay. So we just ordered like. We got a menu um valerie everybody ordered valerie went and picked up the food and we just brought it back to our house because um, they had a big um party going on there that the whole place was rented out so we ended up just eating at our place but we called over um actually max wilson had to leave too so he was gone and owen i think headed back home but um like hunter nitty jd jj um you know that whole team uh, Will and um, Isaac oh, and all them guys—they all came <laughs> over, um, and you know it's like a big family. Like it's you—you you only see them guys four or five times a year, um, but the relationships and the friendships that you build with them guys is uh, something something very very special to me. Um, but yeah, so generally, when when somebody wins, we have the biggest celebration dinner possibly. Winner buys um order one of everything if you want to nice
1: <laughs> nice yep. i thought i figured you'd make the rookies like will buy nope. it all big money nope. will
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, now uh l- l- let's dive in uh real quick to this tour level gold i know uh we've been going for a while and and i think you've been on the phone for for hours in the last uh 48 hours but uh uh tour level gold uh you, Max Wilson, uh, John Hoyer, Owen Wilcox—just uh, kind of a little uh, video series, um, behind-the-scenes look at uh, tournament fishing, uh, the National Walleye Tour. Whose idea was that?
2: Um, so I think it was honestly in the beginning. I think it um, it kind of started with John and um, Max. Okay. And they had this. They had this idea that they wanted to. Um, You know, I actually don't know who was the first one to think about it, but I know that the two brains behind the whole operation are John and and Max. And uh, so they basically had um, this vision and um, that they wanted to put together, like basically somewhat along the lines of like a Netflix series type thing, um, a documentary of behind the scenes. Let somebody else kind of tell the story of what, professional walleye anglers go through um at these tournaments because you know the the stuff that's out there like the national walleye tour that puts on it's great footage it's awesome and you see fish catches you see all this stuff but you don't get to see the behind the scenes um the emotions um the show isn't really so much about you know catching a bunch of fish it's literally just about you know what happens at camp um yep. how, how we break down a body of water um, just that that type of stuff is this something we thought was missing? Uh, oh, it, it, definitely I, well, it definitely was. Definitely is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so yeah, that's kind of where the whole the whole thing started, and uh, it's been it's been a huge hit. Everybody that you talk to, you know, they're talking about it. They like it. Um, and it's just if anybody, if you have seen it for yourself, um, I think you can you can you can say how awesome um and how well put together it is it, it's absolutely so, it's so yep. cool
0: yep the videography is incredible and and uh you know just just how well they're really showing the emotion of of uh you know what it takes the grind that you guys uh are going through uh, it's 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 awesome uh walleye fishing needed it and uh i i, I get excited for it
2: yeah. It's not, it's not always about the highs, you know, it's, it's about showing the lows too. It's about yep. showing, showing the, you know, the different things that you thought were going to happen, but don't happen. I mean, like for instance, Owen, you know, the last tournament, he's, he's a high school kid. He literally, after that tournament, he had a drive home to go graduate high school. <laughs> and, yep. and he, so he just, he came out here, he spent a whole week out here. He's, you know 20 something hours away from home and at takeoff the first morning of the tournament his lower end blows out that's right he hit a rock
0: yep yeah
2: like that's stuff that people don't see and um it's just it's so cool to be able to share that with with people
0: yeah it's not all holding up big checks yeah right (laughs) no it isn't no but uh no, it, uh, it it's definitely cool and uh, I encourage anyone that's listening that hasn't checked it out I know I've talked about it on here before but uh, tour level gold uh, I think there is a Facebook page but uh, just type in tour level gold on YouTube and it'll pop right up but uh, um, before we let you go Dewey uh, um, you want to plug a couple sponsors
2: um yeah i you know, first and foremost, friends and family, obviously, um, without all their support, I wouldn't be able to do this. My mom and dad, they uh, they literally travel to every single tournament with me.
0: Really? Um, maybe wow. maybe
2: not, um, you know, they don't go pre-fishing every tournament with me, but they're there for the weigh-ins. It doesn't oh, wow. matter, like, if it's, if it's two days, if it takes them two days to drive there, um, they're there. And same way with uh, my wife, Valerie, she does the same stuff. And I kind of give them a little bit of heck um, now because so ever since they started doing this last year, that's when all this stuff started happening. So <laughs> that's. Uh, You're never that's, quitting. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, we were talking about Sault Ste. Marie, and, yeah. and John's like, Valerie, because Valerie was thinking about maybe either not coming or driving out or whatever. And John's like, Valerie, we're, we will fly you out. <laughs> right. <laughs> we will fly you out there. Um, but yeah, so friends and family, um, uh, from, uh, foremost, but yeah, all my sponsors, um, without all them, like I would have never been able to, to do this. Um, I'm for sure living my, my dream. Um, and I just hope I can make, um, an impact in the fishing world. Um, I, I hope I'm, um, I'm hope I'm a great role model, uh, for all the youth that's, you know, growing up and, um, if they ever have any questions, I would, uh, love, love to answer any questions that they have and, uh, encourage to, to take some kids fishing if you, if you get the chance.
0: Well, I think you, uh, I think you deserve every bit of success, uh, that, uh, that you've earned so far. And, uh, um, I, I truly do think that you're a great role model, uh, to the kids and, and, uh, you're, you're, you're doing it the right way.
2: Oh, well, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, like I said, just seeing everybody down there at Picks down the, the excitement for walleye fishing in South Dakota is is definitely real.
1: That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, when when you can win uh, just uh, just short of four hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> you know, the little kids, uh, you know that 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 makes your eyes uh, get big too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome, Dewey. Well, uh, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, good luck. Uh, good luck the last couple of tournaments of the year.
2: All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you.
0: Bye. Bye. There goes Dewey Jelm from Pierce, South Dakota. The uh, I, th- I think it's safe to say the most successful uh, fi- walleye fisherman uh, of the last two fisherman. years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tournament yeah. Tournament fishing all the way well, around. Pro- probably just flat out all the all the walleye fishing. But uh, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I mean. like even like bass, yeah, yep. like walleye. Yep. I mean, yeah. I don't know what Brian Thrift. Uh, he won the MLF Redcrest. Uh, I think that was for
1: three hundred k. And even uh, obviously even throwing Gussie, the money, throwing the money out of the deal. I mean, just the no one's know, winning more tournaments first, or more top five. You know, yeah. just like that, yeah. and then you know you're talking about 22nd being your worst finish in the last two years. It's just like wow. Yeah, that'll do. I mean, that'll there's do. a lot of people that just would be happy to have a 22nd finish on the season. You oh, know, no doubt. Like I mean, there's that, a lot of people so. that would
0: consider that a win,
1: right? And, uh, so, no, 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 his uh, his awesome. last two
0: years have been a Freedom Brew good news story, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna tell you our uh, freedom brew good news stories uh good news story brought to you by freedom brew larchwood iowa matt also went there today what'd yep. you have what'd you I, have
1: i had one of them lotus, lotus energy? energy drinks yeah yep, yep i think they i can't remember which one What this was called it but it, it kinda of looked like, purple or yep, blue and, and it looked like the midnight sky and it did okay I don't know, it has some glittery stuff in there that made it look like stars in there and I told him, like we got to the first door and I was like I'm I feel pumped. You went like, Scar- like you brought like, it to Scarlet's. I, well, that bit. had nothing to do. I told with- her I said I'm not going to pee sprinkle or glitter now, am I or anything like that? So but you no, never know. You never damn. Know. It was it's damn tasty though. Oh, I believe that it was damn tasty. So yeah, those lotus energy
0: bunch- drinks are kind of all natural. I don't know the lotus is like the uh, the flower of the coffee plant or something like that. I you don't know, remember.
1: You know what else I find out they have now there too ice cream. Well, besides oh. ice cream. Mini donuts. Shot the, <laughs> no mini donuts. Did you have some? I didn't, but I was just like, I'm sitting there. I look over, and they got. I mean, they have all these things up on their Son on the of side of, of it of what they got, and this was like. I go Emily. I was like, they got mini donuts. I was <laughs> like, I mean, you can buy them like a lot of them too. Like right. We get the cinnamon sugar or the cinnamon powder or what something like that. Nice. It's just like oh yeah.
0: So so for those of you guys that have never been to Freedom Brew, I know we've got listeners out in Western South Dakota, and we got listeners and from Wisconsin and South Carolina and and Georgia and and you know all over. But uh, Free, Freedom Brew is r- literally like a, I don't know what, ten foot by. 18 foot, uh, you know, coffee cab and, you know, drive through whatever. But, uh, if my buddy Austin has his way, I think it's going to be an 80 by 100 machine (laughs) shed. It's going to be a destination. It's like, I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that he just wants to have all the cool things at this coffee shop. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to count him out. Nope. Nope. uh, Nope. Not at all. Nope. Uh, him and him and Brian are just always up to something awesome. Every time I swing by their house, they got something way cool going. Uh, I know that they always use the best ingredients. They're just, God, they are cooler than the other side of the pillow. They really and, are great and, people yep so uh they sponsor uh, the good news stories of the week and matt i'll let you go first
1: uh, i'm going to give a shout out to my niece kelsey you know you said it was my birthday today but it was hers yesterday so she turned 12 you're copying her so one more one more year and she's gonna mike's gonna have a teenager on his hands and i that's can't good wait for him that's good for him <laughs> and then he's got a teenager in koi <laughs> on his hands so awesome Yep. Yeah, yeah he's got his hands full so nice. that'd be mine awesome uh
0: my good news story this week uh
1: um for those of you guys who are
0: facebook friends with me uh you guys have heard uh, us talk about our good buddy ramrod um what all started uh golly that's almost two weeks ago yeah, already is- two weeks ago uh, i think it's tomorrow yep it uh, tuesday a- yeah um Me, Ramrod, my brother Eric, we went out to eat at Pizza Ranch. Ramrod came back with absolutely just a freaking big old pile of pizza. And when I call it a big old pile of pizza, that's a big old pile of pizza. I mean, probably 12 slices. And uh, I I Snapchatted it to his wife, and she said, "Wow, he better – get that out of his system in a hurry because he's got three miles to run after work and so I was kind of talking to Ramrod about it and I text Ivy back and said he says he's going to skip the three mile whatever just just raising a little hell and uh so I asked Ramrod I said you know what you got going and him and Ivy are going to go run a half marathon and and, uh, kind of talking to him a little bit about that. I said, well, are you running the heritage days road race? Cause this was the week leading up to our town celebration heritage days here in Rock Rapids, Iowa. And he says, yeah, him and Ivy are going to run the, uh, the 5k. And so he, he mentioned that and I'm like, Hey, uh, both Ramrod and I are volunteer firefighters. I said, if you run that 5k in, in your bunker gear, I'll donate a hundred dollars to charity. And he said, Oh yeah, you got a deal. So whatever i said well you come up with a charity and you know we'll make it happen so he comes over that night matt was over my brother eric was over and uh, they decide on the oakland foundation and uh, for those of you guys listening that don't know what the oakland foundation is uh, that's a uh, uh, local charity uh, headed up right here in rock rapids um that uh, helps out uh, parents uh, after they lose a uh, a newborn or a young child uh miscarriages, whatever, um, uh, that type of stuff. Uh, just, you know, a lot of emotional support and uh, some of the uh, some of the supplies for the things that you don't really think about uh, um, for the mothers uh, after a tragedy like that happens. But, uh, um, you know, Ramrod and Ivy obviously went through that uh, in April. So that was a foundation that was uh, near and dear to them. So that is what they decided, that's what Ramrod decided to go with, uh, with a little guidance from uh, from Ivy. So I thought, you know what, uh, I'm going to donate $100. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get anyone else to donate uh, a little bit. So I threw my Venmo out there. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, three, dollars $500, if it really goes crazy, maybe 800 bucks. And uh, so I put a Facebook post challenging him to do it. And I just said, hey, if anyone wants to up the ante, uh, Venmo me and, and uh, we'll get it taken care of when Ramrod, uh, you know, crosses that finish line and I set my phone to the side, and about 20 minutes later, I happened I to think, look at I my phone. I
1: don't think it was 20 minutes later. I think it was about, like, 5 or 10 minutes later.
0: Well, that, that could be, but, uh, I, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a whole long, but, you know, I put, my, I put my phone down, and all of a sudden I glance at my phone, and it was like, well, we're up to 300. Well, we're up to 500. <laughs> we're up to 900 holy moly, we've clipped a thousand. <laughs> right. And I mean, you know, it, it's kind of fun. You know, we're all paying attention to this and, you know, things are happening fast. And, and, uh, I probably, I, I suppose we were probably at like 1400 or something, you know, that night. And, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm like, holy moly, like, you know, this is incredible. This is right. Yeah. And then I wake up the next morning and that wave just keeps on going. And, <laughs> and, and uh, I think we got up to about $3,000 the next day and, uh, we had a business from the area decide that they were gonna match that three thousand dollars. So so uh, you know, all of a sudden we've got six thousand dollars, and then we get a couple other thousand dollar donations, a five hundred dollar donation, a bunch of hundreds, a couple two hundred, some fifty, some twenties, some tens, and seventeen thousand uh seventeen thousand three hundred and well, let me
1: see here. Well, not only that, on top of it too. I mean, the news it was. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Feature story. Little on the Donnie news. Jorgensen from yeah. Killeen
0: comes down, and uh, um, I mean, just just wild stuff. Like my Facebook post is getting shared like I don't know, like hundred and fifty thousand times. Like yeah, I'm getting great. Venmos from people I've never heard of. Like it's it's nuts. And um, you know what what started off is you know me thinking maybe we'd get five hundred dollars. Well, then all of a sudden I've got. I mean, I've got a Venmo account that's like, yeah you know, right got, now it's like got, it's getting, got over ten thousand dollars in it. Yeah. And it's like holy shit! Like just you know, like I don't know if there's Venmo hackers or not. Right. But I mean, like, like trust me, you you check like every hour. Yep. Like okay, still there, still there, and and uh, you know then I'll, I, I've got a pretty substantial amount of cash, you know, and I've 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 got it uh, in my safe, and you know it just. I can manage $500. Right. You know, when all of a sudden I'm I'm in charge of managing $17,000, it's like, God dang it. Like, I'll be honest. I was pretty jacked up when I handed that all over and it was just like, Whew. Yeah. A little, <laughs> little bit of relief. Good. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I lose $500. Like it doesn't really bother me to, you know, like, ah, shit, you know, like, well, I oh. guess I'll just pay it. Like yep. you lose $17,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, all right. Well, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do now, but, uh, I don't know. It, uh, it was pretty incredible. Uh, 17,000. Let me see. I got it right here. $17,328.95 is what I, uh, I had, um, and then when we uh, went over there with Ramrod and Ivy and my wife uh, to to give the the big check, made a big yeah. check at work. Oh, that yeah. was so badass. Cool. Yep, uh, we got a big printer at work, and so we made a big check. But when we went over there to give them that uh, check, uh, they actually said that I think she said one thousand six hundred and fifty dollars came in Venmo uh, via um, like just sent her oh, to, the, okay. to the to Oakland the Oakland Foundation. Foundation. So I mean all said and done, we really truly did about 19,000 yep. bucks. And, and what just started off as a couple of dudes eating pizza and kind of more of a joke. I mean, all right. of a sudden you got 19,000 and that's testament to, uh, you know, how, how good of a, a, a deal the Oakland foundation is, but it's also a testament to how great a people Ramrod and Ivy are, you know, that yep. the community continues to rally around them. And, and, uh, we give that dude a lot of hell, but, uh, uh anyone that knows him or his wife knows that that uh, you're dealing with two of the best people there is. So um I don't know. I I'm I was excited to be a part of it, you know. Um obviously it came down to Ramrod and, and Ivy and, and came down to the donors, but uh just I don't know. I, every morning when you'd wake up to four hundred dollars spend <laughs> yeah. mode and whatnot, it's just like God dang it, like it, hmm. it you know, I felt like Dewey Jam just riding that <laughs> wave. It was yeah. so badass. But uh, uh, no, pretty incredible and uh, uh, if you're listening to this and you were one of those donors there, there's a lot of yeah, listeners that there, there was yep, there listeners was, uh, that yep, were donors. That awesome. and, uh, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to sit here and call them all out by name, but, uh, um, I'd forget that one and probably get in trouble. But, uh, uh, if you're listening to this and you were a donor, uh, we truly, truly do appreciate it. Uh, uh,
1: pretty cool deal. So, and, and how about that day? How, how awesome was that? Like, them running it the even day that them, he ran it even oh, though God, it was, I... even though it was raining people showed up there was like <sighs> the community showed one up one of the biggest crowds that has ever been at that no road doubt race. no doubt i mean Absolutely. i want to give a big shout out to you guys in the fire the fire department as well here in town i mean a lot of you guys showed up down there um you had the fire trucks there i mean guys were down there cheering them on uh yep. it was it was just it was really really cool i mean it was really it was really nice to see something like that you know Yep for the community and yep
0: yeah a lot of a lot of hooting and hollering and and, and you know rooting dusty on and a lot of and, tears and, yeah know, there was man, yeah, it man it I'm, was, I'm not gonna lie when you was
1: pretty emotional when, stuff Yeah, so. when
0: he went around it was like all right sky keep it together keep it together don't be that guy ain't nothing cool about oh, it's it's rain water it's, rainwater. <laughs> it's <just laughs> rain rain drops it's rain <raindrops>, <laughs> a lot yeah. of rain in my eyes yep. today nope nope uh pretty incredible no doubt yep. about it so uh uh yeah with that uh, we'll call uh, we'll call episode 224 uh done. We appreciate every single one of you. Um if you haven't uh, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, do whatever the hell it is that uh that you do on uh on your platforms. Uh can't tell you enough guys how much we truly appreciate everybody uh you know that follows along every single week. Um it's 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 a heck of a lot of fun uh doing this and and uh yeah, like I said we truly do appreciate yeah. you uh keep
1: interacting with us online. We really appreciate that stuff, yep. send us messages, all that. We we like Scott said we appreciate the hell out of every one of you. Yep. Um
0: Yeah, I guess with that uh that's episode 224. We'll see you next week, episode 225. Have a good, safe 4th of July. That's right. Yeah. Um I don't know how the hell we're going to do that next week. We'll figure it out. Yep. We'll figure that out, but uh yeah, we'll see you next week. Be safe and uh Later.